If it's a script, he will say yes. Yeah. It is crazy. Well, I've, I actually, <laughs> a, a thing I will probably bring up on this show a lot, actually, um, I worked in TV and I did a, like a sketch with David Koechner. <gasps> like he came to like our local news station to promote a movie and we did a thing with him. <sighs> so game for whatever like oh. it makes perfect sense to me that he like takes every script because he was like yeah i'll be in your local comedy show that's 15 minutes long that no one watches does it pay i will take it, it. didn't pay he's what? just doing promotional shit oh my god yeah, he's the best he's the fucking best wow well he was maybe getting paid by the studio to go on the yeah i'm court. sure he was but sure like was. what a nice guy yeah really truly physical gifted physical comedian i think one of the, i think him and uh god why can't i spit out his name ken on the bachelor uh parody ken marino ken, him and ken marino, ken marino are like rules. so fucking funny yeah but anyway you know who's not funny <laughs> jeremy, jeremy Piven. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce the wonderful world of professional wrestling to my friend Rachel Millman. Hi! Hey! What's up? You're back. I'm back. I was in Austin for a very long time. Uh, I'm excited to be back. I figure the break from uh, New York was probably delightful. Yeah, it's always nice to get out of town. I mean, I feel like I haven't been in New York at all this month because we went to the Adirondacks. Yeah, that's true. For a few days. And then I came back for a few days and then I went to Austin. I didn't mean to sneeze. I am uh, currently a little under the weather. So if I sound uh, snotty, that's not further away from your ears playing tricks. (laughs) There we go. So glad I get to be like a sick kid with a birth. (laughs) I'm just yeah. like gross over here. <laughs> the weather's changing. I Look, don't feel good. This is a throwback to when we recorded when you had mumps. So, you know, it's all a reference. It's all, it's just going to haunt me forever. <laughs> Looking like a bullfrog. <laughs> it's, I can't get into it again because I've talked about it. Yeah, of our last episode, we talked about the mumps for a while. It's, it's uh, I won't make you talk singularly about Singularly embarrassing. But you know who has had a more embarrassing cop-out disease oh wow good segue <laughs> you know what i'm going for yeah 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 jeremy piven jeremy piven mercury poisoning before we get into that <laughs> i want to say this is like a very special moment for me because this is our first episode that you actually put together yeah so this is with not lb's help i do not want to discount lb on this with one west coast producer lb hunk tears but i usually get lb's help on mine so yeah this is like uh, very exciting to me. You have graduated. Now you are explaining something about wrestling to me. And that thing is <gasps> the raw guest era. Cause yeah. I love shit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the guest host era of Monday night raw, uh, in 2009 to, to like, like 2013 ish. Okay. We're mostly of. doing like the first year for this one. We're doing like the first year, year and a half. Okay. Um, and it is shit. Like, oh. it's garbage. Oh, <laughs> have you looked at the full list of Raw Era guest hosts? It's all, it's very interesting. I bl- the word I keep going back to is cursed. It is <laughs> thoroughly cursed. It's very cursed. Like, we got some good ones in this episode, we got, though. We got the good ones in this episode and one of the, ooh, the very bad ones. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's ones that we didn't get to, like 2009 Era Muppets. That shit is cursed. That sounds cursed to you? I think that sounds great. The Muppets are always great, but I mean, this shouldn't come as a surprise to you that I'm a huge dweeb. But I mean, I'm sure you and others are aware of it, that there is uh, a lot of opinions about pre, uh, uh, like pre-Jim Henson uh, death Muppets and okay. post-Jim Henson Muppets, and more so than that, post-Death. Disney acquisition Muppets. Mm. We Disney acquisition Muppets are a little better than post Henson death pre Disney acquisition. Okay, that shit was kind of a mess. Muppet Treasure Island and Muppets in Space have their charms, but they are generally not well regarded in the Muppets canon. Which I'm not surprised I said that, but I am still ashamed. <laughs> See. <laughs> I was thinking more just like from a practical standpoint, having the Muppets appear live in an arena 
has got to be fucking weird because there's people attached to them. I <laughs> like, even- I almost like chose the Muppets just because I wanted to see how they shot it. It had to have been a lot of backstage sketches. There is actually a really delightful clip because I did some preemptive research for it on YouTube where Seamus interacts with Beaker. Aww. And he reveals that they're related and that he saw him at the family reunion. It's <laughs> very funny. It's very funny. And like Dr. Brunson Honeydew is making supplements and stuff. Like that's really cute. <laughs> that's very cute. That's very cute. And maybe, maybe in a sequel episode. To maybe this. in a sequel episode <laughs> if we can find anything else that's good. Because otherwise sequel episodes are going to be like, well, it was bad. Yeah. Uh, but like the list is cursed. Like Ben Roethlisberger hosted. I did see Ben Roethlisberger on there. <laughs> And like Donald Trump was the first one, I believe. So to kick this off, this was brought into the WWE universe because in kayfabe, Donald Trump was the general manager of Raw. He owned it, right? Like he, he, I think he kayfabe owned it. Right. I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, he didn't really own it, but that was, he, he was brought in as like, that was his role on the thing, Wrestling right? Wrestling is real, and there are no <laughs> hands in the Muppets. How dare you? Um, but yeah, he, uh, he, he quote, end quote, owned it, and he said that they were going to have a uh, guest host every week, and they had kind of like a computer manager. Right. And there and was, it was a mystery. And it was a mystery, and also, spoiler alert, for 2009 era Raw, um, Vince was in a coma and his nurse was Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the reason I know it was a mystery is because I believe this is, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the, the, the computer commissioner of raw, it was like a whole thing of like, it was a secret who was running it. And then it became like, it's Vince's illegitimate child and that's who's running it. And it was like this big dramatic story. And then it turned out to be Hornswoggle. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know the Hornswoggle part. I'm pretty sure that was concurrent wow, with this. Wow, I can't believe I may I've be wrong. met Vince McMahon's illegitimate yeah, yeah, yeah. child. Friend of the show, Swoggle. What? <laughs> Friend is, I don't want to like. Friendly acquaintance of the show. Friendly acquaintance of the show. He was really nice when we met him at MLW. Uh, and he graciously accepted our card and, and did not say, what the fuck is this? Which I expect every wrestler Oh, yeah, absolutely. To. That makes you a friend of the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fr- I actually. So really, the only person who's not a friend of the show is Orange Cassidy. <laughs> He's enemy of the show, Orange Cassidy, uh, <laughs> who was like. Do you want me to listen to this? And we're like, no, we want you to be on it. I feel like assigning him (laughs) any emotion about the show is probably a stretch. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He feels nothing about it. But no, now he's our enemy. So he's enemy of the show, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. We're in a feud (laughs) with the orange man. Anyway, Uh, (laughs) I I took us off track as we are wont to do. That's Uh, us? What? (laughs) This really is a role flip because that was you. Uh, (laughs) Well, now you're the one who has the structure. So I have to be the one who is constantly subverting the structure. I'm... That felt pointed. <laughs> no! And deserved. <laughs> Let me follow it up. Uh, so I guess we're going to go into this chronologically. So one of the big criticisms of the Raw guest host era is, to put it succinctly, that it sucked shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's it's very, so it, one of the big problems there's a lot of problems with it but one of the big problems with it is that it was done in like 2009 to 2012 which is like such a cultural wasteland in terms it's a weird time. of like the like any sort of like I don't want to say transitional millennia because like Y2K is like a blooming part of pop culture and not just because I can view it through rose-colored glasses because I was entering being a teenager like the 2000s are fucking great. I, you know, but like 2009 to 2012 is like a fucking weird time. I think it's weird. And that's sort of um, what I'm excited to talk about with all of this, because watching old Raws is really interesting. Like after watching this, I kind of want to go back and watch other stuff. I know there's, um, I believe it's Boss Maz on Twitter. Who's been screen capping. It's, it's, they're watching through like, 
2006, 2007 Raw, and it's like fascinating. It's I really bet interesting. That is pr- probably better, like not just guest host, but like wrestling that's going on there too. I don't know. It looks pretty fucking bad from from their screen. So cats. when I did the research <laughs> for for this episode, I like kind of fast forwarded through a lot of the wrestling. But the big thing through every single guest that we have is that like there's some sort of fucking bullshit about Cena versus Orton and like. Do you want to make me not care about something? Mm. Put versus Randy Orton on it. Sure. I don't care. Sure. And it kind of made me understand why people don't have the greatest feelings towards Cena. Because if they've been watching this for a long time, then they probably have memories of him being like, I'm mad at Randy Orton. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, so I understand that a little more now. Now, he's still, like, inherently charming. I love watching John Cena do things because he's funny and large. Uh, But our first episode, chronologically, has what is regarded as one of the worst uh, hosts of the Raw guest era. The man with a better sickness excuse than I, because he got (laughs) alleged mercury poisoning once, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. Yeah. The the thing I was going to say is that I think, like... Because Raw is on every week and it's two hours and it's live, it's a really interesting time capsule because they had to fill so much time that there's a lot of like very sort of disposable feeling references in it that I don't think make it into media that like we watch from this time period. Like they don't really make it into movies. They don't really make it into like other stuff because that stuff has like a longer lens. Whereas like Raw is sort of meant to be disposable. It's yeah. meant to be, it's not really meant to be rewatched. It's like SNL. Well, I don't know. SNL It's a little has, like SNL in that way. There's a lot of like parallels you could make to SNL with sure. this. Because it's like Jeremy Piven would be an appropriate person to host SNL in 2009. My favorite part of this, I think, is that he is promoting a movie that I don't even remember coming out called The Goods. I read the plot for Wikipedia on Wikipedia. It has a good cast. Like I looked it up and I was like, all right, like David Koechner, uh, Catherine Hahn, like there are good people in this. David Koechner is an incredible physical comedian. I think one of the most gifted physical comedians of our lifetime. Yeah, the Kofi of movies. The Goods, which is apparently a, a comedy about used car salesmen that all these people are in. And he comes out with Ken Jong. Ken Jong in character as Ken Jong from The Hangover, yeah. who they proudly announced as the top-rated, R-rated comedy of all time or whatever. Right. Who I'm sure is also in The Goods, but, like, why is he Ken Jeong from The Hangover? Like, it's so weird. I have a feeling that it, that's probably all that people knew him as. Sure, sure. Cause but it's, it's like, why is he even on the show then? <laughs> like, they're just like, hey, remember this character from a totally different thing that we're not promoting? Here, here he is. And everyone's like, yeah. Fuck it. Uh, Ken Jong actually, I think, would have done better as a solo host than Jeremy Piven. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, <laughs> the notes I wrote down for this are, like, Ken Jong is, like, really trying and really committed. He's trying so he hard. He is, and it's, fu- like, it's funny. It's stupid, but it's funny. Like, him, the, so, Jeremy Piven comes out in the beginning and does, like, the most awkward shit. Like, he has nothing to say or do. He has, like, in, like incredibly, not negative because it's bad. You know how there's, like, negative space? Right, like a lack. Like, a complete negative in terms of stage presence. Right. So little charisma. Just nothing. It's really jarring. And I say this as a huge fan of the movie PCU starring Jeremy Piven. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Everything Jeremy Piven has done since then has bummed me out because goddamn that movie's good. Uh, He's pretty good in Gross Point Blank. I don't think I've ever seen that one. <gasps> you should watch that one. It's also a uh, great thing about Gross Point Blank is that the main villain is trying to unionize all of the hitmen, <laughs> which is like a fantastic concept. Nice. But Jeremy Piven plays John Cusack's high school friend because yeah. they are they are old friends. I don't know if they are now, but I know that they, they were, were friends for a long time. Uh, so this is John Cusack's fault. Yeah. Uh, blame him. Um, blame John Cusack and give Joan Cusack more work. Sure. I love her. Uh, he comes out in a gross leather vest. Uh, he looks horrible. He He's got weird blonde highlights. Yeah. It's it's no good. Um, and then, like, 
first of all, also there are some really good signs in the background. I don't know if you noticed. My oh. favorite was um, number one Pivanatic. I really <laughs> liked that one. <laughs> oh my god! Like, did they hand those out? Like, who the fuck made that? Did you? There's a sign later that I want. There's two signs later that I want to talk about. Oh yeah, I don't want to spoil them, <laughs> but they're really good. I took a screen cap of one of them. Nice. Um, but like, it's just the problem with a guest host that they're trying to use in this way because I mean I don't have confirmation because I didn't look any further than the Wikipedia page. I assume they put the guest hosts in because their ratings were bad. Probably. Probably. But the reason their ratings were bad was because the wrestling storyline sucked. You know? Probably, like, yeah. There are, the pivotatics aside, the people <laughs> who regularly, regularly tune into this are probably dropping off because it's not good or it's not entertaining in the ways that they are used to it being entertaining. Yeah. So, like... You can have an incredibly charismatic guest star, and if the rest of the product doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, people talk about this with S- with SNL every season. Like, right. you can have a great guest star, but if the writers don't bring their A game, then everyone says SNL sucks, and then we all have to debate each other about whether or not SNL is good. Spoiler alert, I think SNL is fine. Um <laughs> But it's just all of everything else about it stinks. And like, it's just I watched every sketch and it was like genuinely like, oh, this is a fucking slog. (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. I like I feel like also you get a sense of just how unsuited Jeremy Piven is for this when John Cena comes out. Oh because John Cena ends up promoting their movie better than Jeremy <laughs> Piven does. Like, he cuts a promo on the goods, and it, like, riles up the audience, and, like, it's a good promo. And I know this is sort of around the time where people started to really dislike John Cena, and I get that. But, like, again, we've said it on the show before, like, he really, really knows how to do his job. He's and really good at it. Yeah. And so he cuts this, like, great promo, and then <laughs> Jeremy Piven tries to make a match... But he fucks up, and this is the thing that everybody who was watching at the time remembers. He calls SummerSlam Summerfest. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, he's trying to say, if you lose this match, you'll be banned from SummerSlam. But he can't spit it out. Like, he can't say it. He calls it Summerfest. He fucks it up. And John Cena has to be like, so you're saying if I lose the match, I'll get banned from SummerSlam? Yes, and. Yeah. He's (laughs) clearly trying, but it's just, performing live is, it's a really special specific skill and I think performing live for this amount of people I can't imagine how overwhelming that would be even for a seasoned performer look I'm not gonna say he's good but Jeremy Piven is a seasoned performer yeah yeah (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with not being able to perform live for a crowd of that size like I would get very sweaty and clammy yeah and I, I, we'll talk and about this I love this. attention yeah exactly <laughs> and I, there are other examples of this as we go along through these guest hosts but I think um, back to like what you were saying about why they started doing this I think another reason they had like so this is what like during Entourage right probably like post Post Entourage's peak, I believe. Yeah, but it's yeah. still on at this point, right? No, they had the movie. Well, the which, movie was after it had been off the air for a few years. I yeah, believe. I mean, I don't know. I never really never got into Entourage. Weird that I didn't get into Entourage. Honestly, it's for what it is. It's actually kind of good. Is I will, it kind of good in the way that Ballers is apparently kind of good? Yes, it is. Like exactly the way that Ballers is kind of good. It's. Okay. It's the same escapism as like Sex in the City, but for men. Like it's the same kind of like But with shallow, more celebrity cameos. Yeah, like it's it's aspirational. Yeah. So it's uh Entourage is on the air at this point. It ended in twenty eleven. This is two thousand nine. So yeah. I think that with WWE, probably their ratings were down. I think The Rock was like semi retired at this point. So like you know, who are you going to get to compare with The Rock? Like, nobody has that charisma at this point. The closest we have is John Cena, I think, yeah. in our current sphere. Yeah. But... And he's great, but I think that wrestling... And this goes back even to, like, the early WrestleManias when they had um, athletes come on and stuff. V- Vince, I think, in particular... Wrestling in general, but Vince in particular, they really want 
mainstream recognition. Like anytime oh man, any mainstream celebrity or even sort of like half celebrity like fucking Gronk, like anytime <laughs> anybody in quote the real world takes an interest in wrestling, they get very excited about it. I can't believe it took this long for the word Gronk to be said on this show. <laughs> it's a good yeah, that's <laughs> I can't believe that either. I just That's shocking. Yeah, to me. really. Come on. It's like barely a word. Yeah. <laughs> well, cuz I the other thing I wanted to say about this is we get some early Miz in this. Mm. And we get Miz in a couple of these. And th- so it makes sense to me that Miz is in these because again, WWE is all about like not all about, but like they are very concerned with sort of legitimacy in the real world and in like quote like real show business. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's honestly a little bit of a parallel uh, to make with porn, where like people in porn always want to try to like break into regular Hollywood. Like I feel like wrestling has a little bit of an inferiority complex to quote unquote straight show business. Ooh, and. The Miz is like a great sort of example. It makes perfect sense to me that he interacts with a lot of these guest hosts because his character is like Hollywood star. Yeah. Like that's his thing. So like, of course that guy is gonna like talk to Jeremy Piven and Ken Jeong. You know what I mean? Um, But it's really interesting to me that we see early Miz here because he's not very good. (laughs) He's like kind of not great yet like he's not the Miz we know and love today you know I still haven't actually I mean like I've watched more Miz than I watched like a decent amount of Midge Miz I don't like he's always makes me laugh so yeah. like like I kind of want I, I'm excited too when we eventually dive into like where was he not good where did he become good because like he just is inherently funny to me mm-hmm. like mad guy yeah. Mad guy who's like notably mad among other wrestlers is super funny. <laughs> like that's funny. He's not it's not necessarily that he's bad here. It's just he's nascent. He's not oh. he has not developed. Um I am definitely going to have you watch the Talking Smack thing where he starts yelling at Daniel Bryan. It fucking rules. Ooh. He's Ooh. really good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's like he starts yelling at him about like, you know, go back to your bingo hall, all that shit. It's fucking great. So good. Is that kayfabe or is that like It's a work shoot. Like Holy shit. Yeah, it's a little like Apparently what happened is, this is sort of the story about it, is that uh, they were talking before, and they, like, don't really like each other. Like, yeah. ge- they generally don't really. But, like, uh, Miz was like, I'm just going to go off on you. Like, are you, is, that, is it okay if I just, like, really, you know, like, give it to you? Can and, I go in on you? Yeah, can I go in on you? And Daniel Bryan was like, yeah. Like, yeah, go for it. And so it was like, I think, I think he knew what he was going to get. I don't think Daniel Bryan was, like, all that actually shocked but like it is pretty rough like it's it's a good watch we'll watch it okay anyway okay. anyway jeremy piven unsuccessful version of this uh experiment red x <laughs> the- oh, wait. i'm sorry one more thing ken jong at the end jeremy piven does a shitty frog splash and uh john cena like carries him around the ring and starts hitting people but then he john cena then throws ken jong out of the ring he hits his head really fucking hard. Oh, the Ken Jong thing. <laughs> Ken Jong again kind of rescues this from being like the least watchable thing I've ever seen because Ken Jong <laughs> tries to hit him and then tries to like do like the classic heel move of oh, like, it's great. Yeah. Oh no, I was trying to help you. Also, when Ken Jong comes out in the beginning of this episode and he's grabbing dollar bills out of his pants and yeah. throwing them at people, it's funny. <laughs> he's, he's doing what he can with what he's been given. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just like. Ken Jong is such a fascinating guy to me because it's like clearly he does not want to be Asian comedy relief stereotype, but like he always gets put in that role and he's not going to say no because he wants to be a working actor. It's just it's the world's shittiest catch 22. I don't know. Pro Ken Jong on this show. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's really funny. Yeah. And he, he does. He tries to do like, yay, the good guys won, even though he was trying to, you know, sabotage Cena. And then Cena throws him out and he throws him onto a bunch of other guys. Yeah. But they kind of drop him. And if you watch it, his head slams <laughs> against the mat Ooh. and he's holding the back of his head. And it's like, oh, Ken Jong like really took a bump. This is not a work. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. Jeremy Piven, no thank you. The next guest I had you watch, I think is the best host that they had personally um just like what it can be what it should be 
Uh, I had you watch Bob Barker, mm-hmm. and he did a full episode of The Price is Raw. Yeah. <laughs> and this, I feel like, so what I'm imagining with these, if it's anything like when I worked in TV, you get some email from a PR person who says, my client wants to come on your show uh-huh. and do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And uh, you want them to do it if there's somebody with an audience or somebody with any kind of profile but a lot of times they don't necessarily fit what your show is yeah and it's really really hard to make them fit in and when you have somebody like bob barker or like Pee Wee herman that we're going to talk about next it's like okay this is such a defined character like bob barker and Wee herman are both people who like like a wrestling character, you can sum up what they are in, like, a sentence. Like, you know exactly... By their own name. Yeah. Like, okay, that's a type. We know what to do with them. I'm sure the producers of this and the writers of this had so much fun being like, we're going to do a Price is Right episode, but oh my they God. have to wrestle to get the prizes. Like, genius. Genius. Well, also, like, I think it's a really... Un- whether or not they intended to, it's a really, really smart example of, like... Because we've talked before about how wrestling is so inherently um, a product of capitalism. Mm-hmm. What is, yeah. what bigger product of capitalism is there than the Price is Right? That I literally wrote down. <laughs> I wrote down Price is Right and Raw are both finely distilled, pure late capitalism. Oh my god! Yeah. And like, but they mix them. But the thing is, is that like you watch this and you go like, oh, this is both such late capitalism, but like. Are you not entertained? No, it's the fun part of late capitalism. It's the shiny, attractive part that keeps us all hooked into this horrible system. It's just, it's so smart in its own mix, in its mixing of the two things of like, of course they use it to promote DVDs. Of course, like one of the contestants is, I did not, I tried to Google Santino and it was like, I don't know how racist this is. Santino Morella? Santino Morella fucking rules. This is, he's he's Canadian. He's not Italian. I knew that. (laughs) I knew that. I love, as an Italian, I think he's hilarious. It's like, it's a lot. It is a lot lot to take in because his Italian accent is really bad and you're like, is he trying to be Hispanic right now? I'm really, (laughs) really confused Um, and mildly upset, but like, I love him. It's fun. Like the use of it and also I think the opening sketch for this episode is strengthened by the fact that your boy, number one hunk, Chris Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I just called Chris Jericho a number one hunk. He is, this is what you've done to me. Well, like, look, <laughs> we're watching Chris Jericho from 10 years ago. Babe. Oh, he's totally Extreme babe. But like him pouting and angry is so funny. Then Bob Barker kind of like big timing him a little bit is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Like the, so they, the name tag on his bare chest yeah. is hysterical. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's the thing that like to me makes this like so perfect to great tastes that taste great together is like the crowd atmosphere at Price is Right and the crowd atmosphere at a really good wrestling show are like kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, you feel like you're part of it. You're getting like swept away in this, like in this world. And yeah, so they do like the showcase showdown thing. Um, and, and Chris Jericho's there and he's like pouting and angry. Don't call me Chris. Yeah. He's saying you have to call me Mr. Jericho. And then, (laughs) yeah, Bob Barker, who is fucking awesome. And just like, he's, and he's quick. He's snappy. You can tell because there's like a couple things where like something doesn't go as planned and he keeps it together. There's like a few things he also fucks up later, but in this, I mean, he's old as dirt. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) In this, I feel like he's doing to Jericho what Jericho does to other people where it's like, if you stumble over your lines or like you don't get something out quick enough, he'll make you pay for it. Like he'll, he'll like make fun of you or like, you know, spit out and, and, Bob Barker does that to him. And it's oh, Bob Barker. It's where so he, good. Where he bullies him into bidding in the game. <laughs> yeah. I was crying laughing. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, it's super funny. But uh, it, also, uh, what did you think of Erwin R. Scheister? 
I don't. I know this is offensive, but it's it's like so offensive that it's like I don't know what words to apply to it. Erwin R. Scheister is really funny, and I feel bad saying that. Yeah, it sucks <laughs> that it's like pretty funny. Yeah. Do you do you know who he's related to? No, I have no idea who he, him or Santino or this singing lady were. The singing lady. Um, Erwin R. Scheister is the father of Bray Wyatt. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Bray Wyatt's dad. And uh, Bo Dallas, but I don't think you know who that is. I know that name. Yeah, he's the father of, like, of them. That's kind of like, have you ever heard that Patton Oswalt bit where before he had his kid, where he talked about like, I'm not going to be a cool parent because cool parents like are bad parents are give birth to like Republicans, mm-hmm. whereas like if you have a parent who's a dork, you want to go out and get into punk rock and rebel. Sure, that is Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it has been explored in kayfabe. I don't know if they are kayfabe related. But, that would be wild. But I mean, like <laughs> that guy would have a son with white guy dreads. Absolutely, like absolutely. that makes complete that sense no to nonsense me. accountant, <laughs> no nonsense wrestling accountant. Erwin R. Scheister. Erwin oh R. Scheister. Oh my god! I also with the way Santino eats shit when he's like running down to go play the game is like it's a it's a good word because yeah. he like lands on his head and stuff i think santino's great like yeah so they do the thing where isn't he the one who wins yeah he wins and they're like okay to win the prize you have to body slam the big show so the uh, in the first game that okay they yeah, play, i'm sorry i'm, st- I'm in the first ahead. game that they play bob barker bullies just chris jericho into playing and winning the game because he's the right. closest to the price of like the wrestle of the DVD that they're right, selling. Right, the SmackDown DVD. So also what they do that's really, really fucking cruel is every wrestler they goad into playing the game loses. None yeah. of the guys win the prize. Right. It's, it's and a, that's like, also another... Sisyphean, like, battle. That's another, like, parallel that they did not intend to do of, like... These guys are making you all the money. They should not be battling for cars. Or yeah. they should not be battling for a hot tub. Yeah. They that's should, a really good point. Um it's it's a it, it's an unintentional, like severe send up of how shitty they treat their workers. Yeah. Um but I Chris Jericho goes in first. He is given the trip to Hawaii. The Bella t- twins are brilliantly oh my God. used <laughs> yeah. as price is right girls <laughs> through the whole episode. Uh, many outfit changes. Many outfit changes, all like, like casually wiggling the whole time. Yeah, while they're they doing do the like luau cool, and, cool stuff. Well, because that was the other thing that I thought, and it was before the Bella Twins came up, and it kind of put my internal point home, which is that Bob Barker's public image and the Price is Right's public image is what Vince McMahon thinks he is. Mm. And I don't agree that this is a thing that exists, but I hope it's understood when I say it. Fun antiquated sexism okay like cute like we can have fun here. like a harmless throwback ah women love the kitchen like he it is a lot more harmless through the lens of bob barker i'm not saying that it is harmless but it's easier to digest through the bob barker lens than the vince mcmahon lens but vince mcmahon thinks he is as beloved and as charming as barker there's so many just like really like severe parallels to like what how similar these things are and like how they reflect each other that's really interesting i i think like going back to what you said before about the parallels between the price is right model and how awful wwe treats their workers i feel like you could even expand that into like this is a this is like a, a parody of our economic system. Oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, you have to now enter gladiatorial combat in to order get to a car. get a car because you know how much it costs. Like, yeah. that's wild. Yeah, and like, they also, there's also a weirdly racist comment around the car the car match because they have Chavo Guerrero fight for the car and he loses and then they go, oh, right. he's going back to his shitty Pinto. And yeah. it's like, all right, guys, come on. Um, <laughs> Settle down. Also, this is my first time watching Chavo fight. 
Yeah. What I said earlier is that the wrestling isn't good. The wrestling is actually pretty good in this episode. Yeah. The o- This was the only match that I watched. I watched uh, Chavo Guerrero versus Evan Bourne, who is now on the indies. He's, his name is Matt Seidel. I don't know if we've ever oh, seen him. Oh, I was wondering why he looked familiar, and I knew it wasn't because of Evan Bourne, but that's really funny that they named him after Jason Bourne. Uh, <laughs> you've probably watched his uh, Poppin' Dogs and Talkin' Hogs episode. Yeah. That's probably why I he looks familiar. Definitely have. The <laughs> third host i had kath watch for this it's kind of the reason that this whole episode took place which is that and the third host that i had kath watch is if you want to do the honor Pee-wee Herman. Pee-wee Herman. So why is this why it took place because i saw a photo of peewee herman in the big show and matching peewee outfits <laughs> and they tweeted from the account I want to structure an entire episode around this photo. <laughs> and I did that. Because and you did. I have read the summary of what the secret is. Hell and I yeah. decided to make it happen. Hell yeah. Well, also, because then I looked it up. And so the parts of this episode where Pee Wee appears are fucking great. They're fantastic. But the thing that makes this episode of Raw weak and why this is probably not at, con- considered as wonderful a classic as Bob Barker, Pee-wee's barely in it. Yeah, it's he really only has a couple of cameos. He has two spots in the whole thing. He's backstage, and he plays Twister, mostly with Mark Henry and a bunch of divas. Yeah, and it's like, oh, diva Twister. Oh, mm. boy. All right. And, like, I'm the... I think there are probably a lot of decent reasons for why... This episode goes that way. Like, he was doing a Broadway show at the time. Right. He probably had to fly into wherever it was. He has to get into his peewee makeup. This isn't me calling Paul Rubens a diva, but Paul Rubens is known for being very particular, especially as he gets older, about how he looks and how peewee looks. And peewee has always had a very, very, very specific look. Sure. So I'm sure he had to fly in, he had to get ready, and he had to feel that he was ready for camera time. Because... If you're going to be a guest host, then you do get to be a little bit of a diva and not just the kind with a shitty belt. Um. Yeah, and having to play Twister with Mark Henry. It's funny when they do that, by the way, I noticed. Uh, so, yeah, he that's the first thing he's in, right? Yeah, because they, they don't, it doesn't open like the way other episodes do where it's like, and tonight's raw guest host right. is blah, blah, blah shit but um it's that like it just opens and it's like some randy orton bullshit as uh, always as always um and then it's like tonight's raw guest host is Wee herman so like maybe there was stuff other planned maybe he had a late flight we don't know but like obviously something i think there were other elements that prevented this from being more peewee but yeah so the first thing is mark henry and I noticed when they cut back, so they start playing Diva Twister, Mark Henry and Pee Wee, and then like Lita comes out. Yeah. And cheer. But I noticed when they cut back to it, Mark Henry is just sitting on the couch. <laughs> like he's just like done, which I like really respect. I also just like that because it's like, at least he's not like being gross or anything. He's just like, I'm not fucking doing this. And he's just sitting on the couch. I will say that <laughs> the Pee Wee episode has a lot of big boys in it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Almost, it's like Pee-wee's chosen men in wrestling are big boys. He loves big boys. He yeah. loves big boys. Well, Big Show is apparently his cousin, which we find out later. <laughs> so, yeah, the main sketch, the main thing Pee-wee does in this is he gets into an argument with Miz in the ring. And I guess through the entire guest host era, Miz's role was to antagonize the host. In other stuff, too, or in- just... In the stuff we watched. And everything. Like, they mention it, I want to say, in uh, the Piven episode, because they say, oh, here comes the Miz. Miz He always tries to intimidate the hosts and make them call the matches that he wants to do, which is, like, such a great way to develop a heel. Yeah, and it's a great way to develop the Miz in particular, because, like I said, he's, like, the Hollywood guy. Yeah, and, like, if the guest host era does nothing else, it really helps bring the Miz into clarity and, like, helps define the character. And he really, like I said earlier in the... um, uh, Piven stuff like he's not great yeah. he's very good in this I think he's great in he's, this yeah he's like 
completely playing it straight, which is he, what you have to do against Pee Wee Herman. And so he plays it straight. He, but I love seeing this happen in any actor. And I've sort of mentioned this before in other ways. He's playing it straight. And he's, so he has to be miserable and angry that Pee Wee is there. He is having the time of his life. <laughs> he is glowing. He is smizing. Like he is so elated to be on stage with Pee Wee and having Pee Wee prank him and give him <laughs> the secret word. Right. Yeah. So they do a secret word. I think it's ring. The thing <laughs> I like about this and the thing that the reason I think these guest host episodes are so interesting is because it does allow you to draw these parallels to other things. Like we, we talked about the parallels between The Price is Right and Raw. Yeah. I feel like there are parallels here that I'm seeing between... So Paul Rubin started in The Groundlings. Yeah. Pee Wee started in The Groundlings. It came from improv. Yeah. And I feel like... And this is going to get real fucking comedy nerdy and I apologize... The, Kath, what do people listen to the show for? <laughs> the, the game of improv and the game of wrestling seem very similar to me. You mean like yes and? or Yeah, or just like the idea of like that what is a, a joke or what is sort of improv if not like a, a like formalized uh, form of play? You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's like a very like structured form of play. I yeah. guess that's what I'm saying. And another and symptom of late capitalism is not paying your performers. <laughs> UCB. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so the, like Pee Wee works because Pee Wee is like a lot of games. Like I know you are, but what am I as a game? Oh my God. Um, What's today's secret word? A game. Yeah. M- mimicking what the other person is doing in that way is a game. And I think that, like, I see those elements of... Torturing your rich neighbor, Francis? <laughs> yeah. Game. <laughs> but, like, everything he does with The Miz here is basically an improv game. Yeah. And wrestling has a lot of elements of improv within it. And, like, the way you have to collaborate with another person. Yeah. The way you have to communicate um, without being, like, very explicit. Like, you have to you have to work together to create this world. And... Improv is like that and wrestling is like that. And so I feel like having a character like Pee Wee, like I said before, a character that is immediately understandable, like, oh, this is a like precocious little boy. Yeah. Like a weird a weird precocious little weird, boy. Weird, prissy, well, malevolent, precocious yeah. little boy. <laughs> but yeah, like so I it just makes a lot of sense to me that they would have this back and forth and that it would work super well. Yeah. And like I mean, all the wrestlers Pee Wee interacts with, I I'm not saying that they are right to. I would not be shocked that every wrestler on Raw was not game to do the peewee thing. Sure. Like, they are... Sometimes wrestlers are homophobes. Yeah. Sometimes wrestlers take themselves too seriously. But it's not that shocking to me, and maybe this is confirmation bias on my part, uh, that guys who are willing to play the game and guys who don't take themselves seriously... Are interact with Pee Wee and they're the guys I like. Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. I mean, that like is very important to me in almost all art that yeah. I like is like you need a little bit of levity to yep. it. And if you don't have levity, then I'm not really interested. Yeah. And levity, what does that word come from? It comes from play. Like, that's what that is. It's play. And Pee Wee is all about play. I just learned something. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I mean, used that word lightness. Like I levity. used that word yesterday and I didn't know it came from play. <laughs> well, it, it, it's kind of like I'm, I'm confusing a couple words. It yeah. comes from like le- levity, like lev is Latin lift. for lightness. Lift. Yeah. 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 But that's like what it means to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I just feel like it, it makes a lot of sense and it works really well because of that. And I think that. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the stuff with Miz and who's it? Alex Riley that he's with his I like think goon. So. Yeah, who is I like the the dynamic of Alex Riley like is really excited and really likes Pee Wee and Miz is like shut up and he's like you said the secret word you said the secret word like it's it's good it's yeah, good stuff it's really cute and again Big Show comes out and Big Show is like a very very charismatic person aside from being like he literally has the same disease that Andre the Giant has aside from being a literally giant guy he is like he is a huge personality he is so much fun to watch it made me really like Big Show that's interesting I don't necessarily get that from Big Show but I will say this talk about a guy who doesn't take himself too seriously exactly that's kind of what I get out of it I, I don't read like a big personality from him but like down for whatever in a really fun way here are the things I have seen 
Big Show do? I have seen Big Show, and this is reverse chronological order. I have seen Big Show body slam Santino. Mm-hmm. I have seen Big Show put on the Pee Wee tuxedo, <laughs> and I have seen the clip of Big Show and Big Boss Man doing that weird fight at the funeral. Right. <laughs> like, Classic Big so Show shit. you have to understand that, like, from where I'm sitting, like, Big Show is fun and does not take himself too seriously. Yeah, he definitely doesn't. <laughs> and, like, those are, those are charismatic things to me. <laughs> I can't, like, I don't, this sounds snotty, and it's not, I can't wait to be proven wrong. But so Pee Wee isn't actually in this episode that much, but he is so well received that he gets the slammy, which I guess I'm not going to call it an Oscar. I'm going to call it the Golden Globe of <laughs> of wrestling. Um, and Pee Wee is at WrestleMania. Yeah. So he's this is like I think his guest spot is in November and then WrestleMania is in the following April. And then it also works for him in a promotional sense because at the time he was promoting his Broadway show and then his Broadway show gets turned into a show on HBO which he then has to promote some more. Again, we love promoting things. We it's, love we love making people buy shit. The stuff that <laughs> people are promoting in these guest episodes is so funny. Like it's Jeremy Piven's movie that like no one ever has heard from again. Like no one has watched that movie I'm pre- I'm since sure it came out. Single handedly ended his career. Yeah, like never. Also, fun fact about the movie because I looked it up. Directed by Neil Brennan. Yep. Weird. Yep. Neil Weird. Brennan of Chappelle Show fame. But yeah, so he's promoting that. Bob Barker's promoting his memoir, which is funny because it's like, look, there are a lot of like unfair assumptions made about uh, wrestling fans. I still don't think that many raw audience members are going to go out and buy a book. I'm sorry. <laughs> I say that as someone who watches a lot of wrestling. I'm not buying Bob Barker's book. In a couple <laughs> weeks, we are going to be promoting a book on here. It's true, but it's about wrestling. Spoiler so alert. That's true. But yeah, uh, and then and then Pee Wee's promoting a Broadway show. Again, I can't imagine there's that much crossover. <laughs> But I respect Marketing it. Marketing-wise, <laughs> the Jeremy Piven used car movie does make the it most sense. It fits the mold. It fits it the mold. Does. But to go back to Pee-wee, he's at WrestleMania. He has a delightful press conference. You made the great point that they really kind of fucking beefed it by not having Pee-wee enter on the WrestleMania well, ramp on the big red bike. A reporter made that point. So they had a press conference. Yeah. And one of the reporters asked Pee-wee are you going to ride down the ramp on your bike? And he was like, that's for me to know and you to find out. But then we watched it and he didn't do that. And I was sad. I think I know why that happened. Cause around the same time, there was that traveling Tim Burton exhibit that was at the MoMA for a while. And the reason I went to that exhibit, other than the fact that I'm a little corny is no, Pee- I'd go to that. Peewee's bike was there. Ah, and yeah. they could probably get any old red bike, but Paul Rubens is a particular man with right. his character. Right. So I could see that happening. Or, you know, he's old. Maybe he doesn't want to use his he knees. He doesn't want to, yeah, ride <laughs> ride a bike and risk injury. Yeah, yeah. Especially um, on a WrestleMania ramp. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think he only does a pre-taped segment. He does a pre-taped segment with The Rock. and uh, Which is delightful. It's very cute. Mean Gene Okerlund is there. It's very cute. <gasps> mean Gene is... I, we love him. He's adorable. Yeah, he's great. I'm sure, like, people are going to listen to this and be like, I just want you to know he is bad. Yeah, and they're going a, to be correct. He's and probably a murderer, to, like... Like, I don't know, they're but I probably like seeing him. Going to be like they're doing the right thing by informing me to not enthusiastically be all in about me and Gene Okerland. But before I know that, he's so charming. Any wrestler over like thirty, you you just can't like because it's like actually they've <laughs> killed someone. It's like yeah, you're right. <laughs> They have. Sorry. Yeah, well... He the only, older they are, the more like... Ooh. He only killed them, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, whatever. Uh, well, not whatever. Uh, but at the same WrestleMania, we have our fourth and final guest of the guest era. Yeah. Snooki! Snooki. Snooki wrestles a goddamn match. Snooki kind of. wins a match. Snooki wins. Snooki, who does she pin? Does she pin Michelle McCool? I think she does. The tall blonde. She, yeah, she pins half of uh, Lay Cool with yeah. Dolph Ziggler. Yep. Which, uh, <laughs> this is interesting to me because, number one, Dolph Ziggler has not aged in 10 years. He looks exactly yeah, he the same. Looks, he looks better now. Yeah, he does. He, he doesn't have that hair. And he's not wearing that badly fitted suit. Yeah. I mean, all wrestlers have bad suits. Dolph Ziggler is like... I, a lot of people don't like him and I get it and like he's had like kind of a weird WWE run but like he's kind of a babe like I kind of am into it 
He has like a really cartoony face, but like I think it works. No offense to men who are blondes. He's a, he's a blonde. You know, I typically am not super into blondes. I think they tend to look really young. Mm. But like, I I don't know. Dolph Ziggler kind of does it for me. Yeah, I respect your opinion. Thank you. Yeah. He also just had a really good match at um SummerSlam. Hell in the Cell. Oh, he had see, a really yeah. He had a really good Hell in the Cell match. Okay. Um, so he's been on a decent run then because he had a good match at SummerSlam. And he had a good Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Is this I, the year of Ziggler? I think he might be, like, kind of coming back. He was, like, very stagnant for a while. But, like, he's par- he's uh, tag partnering with uh, the big Scottish guy whose name I forget. And it's, like, good. It's fun times. As the year of Luigi ends, we enter the year of Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's Ziggler and Lay Cool. Michelle McCool, who's the tall blonde. Yeah. Fun fact, Undertaker's wife. Oh! She was in the Rumble. Because, oh, like, somebody said... Uh, Undertaker's wife and I was like Vicky Guerrero no that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah Vicky Guerrero's here so Vicky Guerrero's Lay Cool's manager did you you watch the first clip where Snooki was just a guest star on an episode of oh Raw. no I only saw the match oh my I'm god sorry. oh yeah. it's okay it's basically what sets up this storyline okay which is that Snooki comes on to an episode of Raw and Vicky, and she has just gotten the cover of Rolling Stone. And she's... Snooki has? Snooki has gotten okay. the cover of Rolling Stone. God, 2010 was so crazy. So, like, <laughs> we're just, we were just talking shit about how, like, how bad this pop culture era is. Snooki is one of the best parts of this. Yeah. I think, I unironically think Snooki kind of rocks. No, she's good. She got I, I thrown have, like, into a weird fame that people weren't prepared for yeah. yet. She uh, didn't flame out the way so many YouTubers do. Because, like, if Snooki were famous now, Snooki would be a YouTuber. Probably, yeah. Um, she would be, like, she would be Bad Baby. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's that's really smart. Um, like I love her. I love Jenny. I, like... I, I have a lot of respect for the most of the Jersey Shore like crowd like the most only one of the people i don't respect are sammy and ronnie because just break up with each other you guys made the show boring ronnie uh, like <laughs> ronnie has had like some shit go down lately but like <laughs> the, i i feel like they all are like surprisingly well adjusted and like they, get it and they were really adept at handling being irony joke. irony yeah. only and not completely losing their minds. Yeah. Like, they were a joke. They cashed in on being the joke. And they have raised their families comfortably. And they, other than this situation, haven't gotten into too much legal trouble, as far as I know. Ronnie's. Mm, oh, oh, really? But, like. Oh, see, I didn't. Oh. Is it bad? It's bad. Uh, he has like a very tumultuous relationship with his baby mama. I don't think there's like abuse or anything, but it's just like they like get drunk and fight a lot in public and it's like awkward. Oh, I don't like that. See, I, okay. Yeah, no, fuck that. That's but, why I never like Ronnie. But I will, I will just say this. <laughs> I feel like, uh, rolling with the punches of being a laughing stock are what Italian Americans do very well. And, uh, I, I why didn't she tag with Santino credit to, <laughs> you know, my people, <laughs> We get it. We have a good sense of humor. And yeah, we'll take your money. Thank you. Um, God bless. But yeah, so Snooki's been on Rolling Stone. Snooki's and been on Rolling Stone. And I guess in kayfabe, it was supposed to be Vicky Guerrero's cover. <laughs> that rules. And, Vicky and Snooki took it from her. And she's America's favorite party girl. And then they have a very funny graphic where, because uh, it's Snooki on a rocket. And then they Photoshop Vicky Guerrero under the rocket. That kicks ass. It's really funny. So Snooki sits and watches a match between Trish Stratus and Vicky Guerrero. Sweet. Vicky loses <laughs> her shoe. Okay. Loses her sock. Like, <laughs> cool comes out. Mm-hmm. And then they get in Snooki's face because she's been watching it the whole time. Johnny Mundo comes out, although he's John Morrison at this time. Yes. Way worse name. He comes out and protects Snooki's valor. Aww. Which is great. Thank you, John. Um, and then Snooki challenges them to a match awesome. at WrestleMania. Awesome. So that's how we get here. And everyone is fucking pissed. <laughs> you can tell because they turn the volume down on the crowd for Snooki's entrance. Like, yeah. She's getting booed out of the building. Yeah. But she does not let it show. Nope, not at all. She just, like we said, rolling with the punches. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's Lay Cool and Dolph Ziggler versus Snooki. John Morrison and Trish Stratus. And 
uh, first of all, Trish Stratus is awesome. She, I... She's really good. No, she has been through the fucking ringer. She, this is my first time watching her in anything. She kicks fucking ass. She's, She's awesome. great. She looks great. Whoever is doing her maintenance surgery is uh, fucking... Killing it. Killing it. Yeah. God, really loved her. She apparently just showed up on Raw this week, so like she's <gasps> coming back. She'll probably be in uh, the, the women's pay-per-view. Good. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's like... I, and I haven't watched a ton of her, but my understanding is basically like she was hired in sort of like the diva bikini model era of yeah, wrestling. Yeah, and she was tortured by Vince. Yeah, t- yeah. humiliated by Vince. Um, but like wasn't really hired with the expectation to like really learn how to wrestle good. And she did. And she's really good. <laughs> and so, good for her. Yeah, she's awesome. She has like a lot of cool moves in this match. Um, but yeah, and, and John Morrison's really good. We've seen him multiple times. We've talked about him. Um, yeah, he's also a babe. Total babe. That's the other thing <laughs> I want to say. His entrance, he I don't know whose idea it was, but it was a goddamn genius who was like, when John Morrison comes out, we need to make sure there's a fan on him <laughs> because his hair billows. Him and Beyonce. Oh my God. I, the, <laughs> even the announcers, the two, I don't know who was announcing this, but the two male announcers are like, when I see his entrance, time goes into slow motion. And I'm like, same dude. Yup. <laughs> I find that very relatable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, then they have like a match and it's like, it's okay. It's all right. Snooki slaps Dolph Ziggler. But then at the end, uh, uh, Trish Stratus has done a bunch of moves on, I believe, Michelle McCool, maybe Layla, but uh, and then tag Snooki in. And Snooki wins it. <laughs> Snooki does like a fucking like springboard back handspring. Well, because she was a cheerleader. Yeah. Um, uh, it is better than any match with Snooki has a yes. right to be. Yes. Like, it is clearly, like, it is not, it does not connect. Like, (laughs) Michelle McCool has to sort of jump in the way of it. But it's better than you would think. It is at least in the same line that it's supposed to be. And I actually think it's, like, it's better than I could do. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) No question. Also, I want to say Snooki won at WrestleMania in Uggs. Yeah, that she absolutely did. She, yeah, she fucking <laughs> pins her. She does like a, a, a splash onto her and pins her. One, two, three. Yeah. Snooki has won at WrestleMania. Snooki won her and it, squash match. Yeah. <laughs> and it, this again is like we were saying in the beginning about like how performing for a live audience is different. She does seem overwhelmed like when she's sort of just got out there and everything her entrance is great she puts it on but if you look at her like on the side of the ring she looks very like a little deer in headlights yeah and i i it reminded me i wrote down that she looked like nicholas when we went to wrestlemania they're the same height they are they're both about (laughs) the same height and she did fucking great she's like i'm sure she's as much of a pro as somebody who is like a non-actor non-trained entertainer could ever do in that situation yeah and i'm sure she looks like a deer in headlights because she's like watching the steps and being like okay i have to remember my count i have to remember my setup this is what i have to do yeah absolutely it's like counting your steps or like you know when you're in high school play and you have to memorize your three lines so your mom is proud of you right Uh, (laughs) and i'm sure they like rehearsed with her and stuff but like and and she you know she she does great she nails it and uh it's awesome and i do think it's cool that vicky guerrero's out there because i feel like vicky guerrero and snooki are very like parallel characters in the world so vicky guerrero is like roseanne Barr quantum leaped into kate gosselin's body (laughs) (laughs) like that's 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 the character. That's the character. Yeah. I could probably do a really good impression of her signature line, but my God, this is an audio-based show. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> it not. It is fun. <laughs> it's very, yeah. She has, like, she is, can I speak to the manager before that was, like, a hack joke. Yeah. Like, that is her. That's why I said Kate Gosling, because they have the same haircut. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That hair. Um, she's awesome. and I ju- But, yeah, I just feel like loud, tiny woman who like yeah it, it just like it makes sense like I, I hope that Vicky Guerrero and Snooki could like bond over that I think they had a lot of fun yelling at each other <laughs> definitely definitely so those are our those are our examples of the raw guest era I may have cherry picked it so it would be a lot more entertaining than it was I know you picked good ones you curated this well thank you thank for walking you. me through thank you thank you for trusting me I'm <laughs> like really happy that this went as well as it did yeah it was awesome um it was I really enjoyed watching all of it yeah even I the mean, bad stuff even the like the bad stuff is like you can't do 
too much of it because then you're just kind of like, ugh, fuck this. But a little bit of badness makes you appreciate Snooki all the more. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, like, I don't know. I I feel bad that she got booed for this because, like, looking back, this is really funny. This is really hokey. This is kind of what, like, wrestling should be. I'm not saying it should be Snooki all the time. Sure. But... That little bit of it goes a long way. I can only imagine how fucking furious, like, the type of wrestling fan we don't like got about this. And that, like, pleases me. That's why I want, yeah. like, a Snooky Club Bullet Club shirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, uh, broke Snooky joined Bullet Club, woke Snooky joined Suzuki Gun. Yeah! <laughs> Snooky Gun! No. Oh, Snooky Goon! Snooky Goon! <laughs> that would be so cute! Uh, so that was our guest era episode. Uh, if you guys want us to do more on it, hit us up. Let us know. It's kind of up in the air for us. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of it. Yeah. If you have like a recommendation for one you think we should watch, even if we don't do an episode about it, yeah. hit us up. Yeah. Um, we have a Patreon. If this is your first time listening, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. Uh, we got bonus content. We got a Discord. It's pretty pop. And we got a really good community. Yeah. I we're, love community. we're actually about to record some bonus content uh, right after this. So yeah. check that out. Check that out. WrestleSplania at Twitter. WrestleSplania at gmail.com. Hit us up. And uh, we'll see you next time. We love you. Bye. Bye.